Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. Hello. Cool, let's just, um, let's just have a quick pray. Father God, we just want to come this morning and hear what you want to say to us. Mm. We know that when you speak into our lives, we're changed. Mm. We thank you, Lord, that you're here now and you have stuff that you want to say. Mm. So, yeah, God, we just open our hearts and our ears to you and myself included. God, would you speak to us in Jesus' name? Amen. I don't know about you, but I've been really enjoying this series on worship. Um, it's been great just to kind of take a fresh look at what is worship and what, do, you know, what does God want to do when we gather together as his people and just to linger in his presence for a little bit longer, allowing his presence to heal us, to transform us, restore us, to speak to us. It's been great. And if you've made any of the early Sunday morning prayer times, You'll know that there's a sense of faith as we pray, a sense of God just kind of stirring our hearts, and I think it's just been a great start to the year, you know, pursuing God and pursuing his presence with a, a kind of a new, a new zeal. Um, my topic this morning is liberty in worship. I want us to think about worship in two ways today as we go through this talk. I want us to think about our corporate gatherings on a Sunday in particular when we come together and we worship God together because as I say, I believe God is speaking into that at this time. He's, he wants to sort of shift some things. He wants to kind of show us just how powerful our worship times can and should be. So I want to speak into that, but I also want us to think about just worship in the context of our lives. You know, our day-to-day, living out our faith, living out what God has put on our heart. God has made us to do, Um, because I don't think the two can be separate. You know, when we come together on a Sunday, you know, what's happened on a Monday through Saturday is is important, right? It's part of it, our life worship. Um, Whilst we're here, I also just want us to take a moment just to think about the word worship or to define worship, because in in our church, we've kind of developed this language around worship, haven't we, where we, we have a time of worship and you know, we have a worship band, and we have a worship leaders, and we've used this word, and we've kind of made it something that's all to do about music and singing and that. But if that's all worship is, then I think we're missing something. We're kind of, um, there's something much bigger than that. And there's a couple of um, quotes that I have which kind of help me with this, and maybe just will help us. first one is... Worship is a spiritual event long before it's a musical event. You know, we have our worship conferences and worship events, and it's all to do with music, but worship is a spiritual event first and foremost. It's something in our hearts. And um, there's a, a, a verse in, in Isaiah where, where God says, This people draw near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me. And God didn't like that worship. He said, oh, I reject that worship because you're coming and you're gathering and you're, you're giving me all this stuff that sounds good, but your heart is far away. And so worship is spiritual more before it, it becomes musical. 
And second quote is this. Worship with music is simply adding melody and lyrics to the rhythm of your life. When we gather on a Sunday, it's as if we're just continuing a worship that we've been doing all through the week. But it's just that this time we're going to gather, we're going to put some music, some lyrics, we're going to put a drum kit up there, and we're going <laughs> to just add that into our worship and express it in this particular way. So having said all that, I do believe there's something powerful about music, and God is God-designed, God-created music, and you know the Bible exhorts us to sing and to use instruments. Um, Psalm 95 says, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. So there is something about this time that we spend, um, and the music and singing part of it is powerful. We've just, just done a couple of songs this morning, and it's just like there's truth in those songs, and something about the music helps us just to focus. So what has liberty and freedom got to do with worship? I wonder if you can think of a time in your life where you just felt really free. Felt completely free. I reckon if you can think of one, it probably falls under one of these two categories. Either you were coming out of a situation that felt really deep, dark, or really you felt really trapped, and then something shifted, and suddenly you just felt, wow, this is good, I feel free. I feel a release from it. Or the other situation might be that you just you you found yourself doing something or experiencing something, and you were just like wow, this is what I was designed for. <laughs> this is me. And you just felt a sense of freedom kind of over your life. I'd like to suggest that both of those things are stuff that we should be experiencing when we worship, when we come into God's presence and in our day-to-day worship lives. We should be continually experiencing that release from chains, from feeling trapped, from feeling you know, down, we should, we should experience that in worship because God is the one that gives us that freedom. And when we are in that place where we are connecting with God and our spirits are connecting with God, it's like, this is what I was made for. This is who I am. Um, on the, the first Sunday of the year, I was just here in the service, and God gave me a picture, and uh, so happened that um, a couple of weeks ago, I was away with Jen, and I, Jen, Jen Holden, if you know who she is, and found out that she's a bit of an artist, so I said to her, do you want to draw me a picture, because um, it came to me, so I think it's going to come up on the screen in a second. The picture was of an eagle, so yeah, Jen is an artist, I don't know if she's in the room, there you go. If you need any pictures done, uh, um, I'm the agent, so come to me. <laughs> um, so the picture that God gave me was of this eagle, which, as you know, is a strong, powerful bird, and I think Jen's really captured that here. You see the wings, don't you? You just see that kind of strength in the bird. Their wingspan can be over two meters long, so they're, they're, they can be a big, menacing bird. 
But the picture was of this eagle with a chain around its neck, and this eagle was trying to fly. And it was struggling to get above the clouds, and it was getting weary. And because it couldn't get above, the air was turbulent, and it was, it was, making, it was hard to make progress. Um, it was getting tired very quickly. It was flying, but it was struggling. And then I saw the chain just kind of broken, and flying suddenly became really easy. And this eagle soars to new heights. The air is clear. All of a sudden, it's like an adventure. Possibilities are endless. You can see the big picture. Bird feels powerful again. It can make, you can go far in a short period of time. And it just felt like God was saying that this represents sometimes the contrast we feel in our Christian lives, where at times it just feels like a struggle. <laughs> like I'm just trying to fly, but I feel you know, weighed down, and it's like the air is just all turbulent. And then other times when we just have that exhilarating feeling of feeling high up in the, in the, in the sky, and it's just life is free, and it's good with God, and God's speaking into my life. He's changing me. He's transforming me. He's affecting my relationships. Everything's working really like how it's designed to be. I believe, first and foremost, that God simply wants to remind us that he wants us to live as a free people, he wants us to live like that eagle soaring high. He designed life to be like an adventure. Um, a couple of verses. Psalm 16. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. A sense of completeness that comes from just being in God's presence. And then John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that may have life and have it to the full. So a reminder, wherever you are in your life, that Jesus said, I want your life to be like an adventure. I want it to be the most full, complete thing that you could ever experience. I want it to be amazing. Now, that, that doesn't mean that life's never going to have any storms. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're never going to be poor and not have money. <laughs> and that you're not going to have sickness or difficulties in your family's relationships. These are things that are part of life. But... There's something about an adventure, even in the midst of storms, that God designed for us. So how do we live in this adventure of God? How do we make sure that, no matter what life is throwing at us, that we are like that eagle flying high, um, living out our life in worship, really, um, how do we make sure that when we gather together on a Sunday morning and we spend these couple of hours together that we really encounter God? That it's not just doing church, but we encounter God in our worship and we experience that transformation in our lives like every week. Well, I'm going to just give you what I'm going to call three, three keys to freedom. Um, Three things which I pray will just help us maybe unlock a greater degree of freedom in our corporate worship and in our day-to-day -day lives. And they're, they're probably not anything you haven't heard before, but hopefully it will just kind of um, make sense in this particular series that we're going through and, and help us with that. So the first one is, um, first key to freedom, engage your mind. The scripture in Colossians 3 says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. 
another scripture you will know in Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. There's like a ton of scriptures that talk about our minds. Um, and obviously when we are thinking about worship, often we, we can sometimes over-spiritualize and it's like it's all about the spiritual thing. But actually, God talks a lot about the mind and just how important the mind is in our worship. And I liken this particular thing to taking the first step. It's almost like you're standing at the doorway to this amazing building that just contains everything you ever wanted, and it's all there for you to take. But you're standing at the doorway, and you need to take a first step into this place. And the first step is engaging your mind. Um, and if you don't take that first step, you're never going to be able to take all the other steps to get all of that stuff and to experience all of that stuff. So how does this work on a Sunday morning? Think about your morning today. How did it work since you woke up this morning? The alarm went off. What was the first thing that popped into your head? Maybe it was like this. Today it's Sunday. I get to go and gather with my brothers and sisters in Christ to encounter the presence of God, to be transformed by his glory, so he changes me into his likeness. Glad I woke up extra early so I could spend an hour in prayer and worship before church, and etc., etc. I'm so excited. Or was it more like, what day is it? Sunday. Yes, I don't have to go to work. What's happening on my Instagram? Ah, I forgot to get milk. I probably shouldn't have watched that extra season on Netflix last night. (laughs) Really not feeling like leaving my bed today. Am I serving at church? I think I am. Who could I get to swap with me? (laughs) (laughs) For you parents, it might be a bit more like, what time is it? 5 a.m.? Are you kidding me? You're not going to go to back to sleep, are they? What day is it? I'm serving at church again today. Right, okay, what do I need to do before I go to church? Make a list. Make the Weetabix, bath the kids, dress the kids, pack the bags, heat up the milk, prepare the snacks, shower myself, iron my clothes, load up the car, change the kids again, take the chicken out, make sure I have nappies, don't go without nappies. Ah, I need to get petrol. Didn't clean the kids' shoes. I should get, try and get some breakfast. Where did I leave the paracetamol? (laughs) I'm not trying to judge us here. This is just life. But often we come to church and, like, there's a million things going on in our brain. You know, and then someone stands up like Josh this morning, really helpfully, and just tries to get us to stop thinking about that last Netflix episode. (laughs) Or the fact that I forgot to take the chicken out. Now I'm going to have to get something else out for lunch. Um, that very first step of engaging our mind is so, so key. It's something we need to get good at, that when we come on a Sunday morning, we're going to make that decision. You see, the scripture says, set your mind. It's something you make a choice to do. You have to actually decide, I'm going to focus on God and how amazing he is. The words go up on the screen, and they're, they're powerful words, but you can sing and read them without the meaning of thing, like... You have to engage your mind. You have to put aside the other stuff. 
and say, you know what, I'm here and I want to encounter God. And um, So how about in our daily lives? How does this work? The engaging of our mind in our daily lives. Um, just going to tell you a story for me a couple of weeks ago. I was driving Titus on a Friday morning to um, his grandma, which I do every Friday. And we've been doing that for about a year and a half. And um, I got into a bit of a routine where on the way there, it's about half an hour drive there and about half an hour drive back. Uh, on the way there, we'll listen to Classic FM. And um, <laughs> there's a particular... Uh, Garth approves of that. <laughs> Uh, there's a particular song that plays between half seven and eight every single Friday <laughs> on Classic FM. It's called the uh, Freedom, some Freedom March or something. And when I first started taking tires, because he was like just over one, he used to like it because it's quite a sort of upbeat tune and steam like tapping his feet and stuff. So I thought we sort of got into this pattern of we're going to listen to this every week, and you know maybe in 20 years' time we'll sit down and reminisce of you know this tune that we listen to every, every week. But anyway. Uh, um, so we, we listen to that, and then on the way back, after I've dropped him off, then I normally switch over to BBC Two and listen to, like, The Breakfast Show, and it was Chris Evans until he left, but, um, you know, they talk about all the latest movies, latest shows, latest things coming out, latest entertainment, so you kind of get a feel for it, anything cool that's, that's happening, I used to enjoy it. Actually, by the way, I told this story a little bit yesterday at Men's Breakfast, so sorry, apologies for repeating it, but... Um, a couple of weeks ago, I just felt like God was saying to me, switch the radio off. Um, so we listened to our tune, uh, then I switched the radio off and just started to interact with Titus a little bit more on the way and we had a little bit of fun just talking about the buses and stuff. Um, and then on the way back, um, it, it just felt like every time I stopped the car, my hand would literally go towards turning the radio on and I just realised that it becomes such a normal thing for me to have this radio on, like, the space in the car with, no, with no, no one talking to me or no music was just really odd. But I felt like God was saying, just leave it off. And as I left it off, I just started to engage my mind with God, and I just started to talk to him, and he, he started to talk to me, and he just started to speak into my life. And I just realized that, you know, we fill our lives with so much, don't we? It's like every spare minute or second, we want to put something in to that space, and there just isn't room for God to speak into our lives. There isn't room for God to help us live our life as an offering of worship to him. You know, I rarely wake up in the morning feeling like I'm really near to God. There's a sense in which every day you have to take that first step. You have to engage your mind and say, today I'm going to live out my worship to God. So just, a, I guess, a bit of an encouragement. Like I'm going to talk a bit more about it later, but I do think this thing about entertainment is something we have to really consider in our lives because in this day and age, in this culture, it's so available to us in every kind of format, and it's something that affects our life worship, and it affects our Sunday worship. It affects our experience of God. Okay, so key number two. Offer your body. 
Uh, Again, Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It was really helpful last week to have Simon just speak about some of the Old Testament worship and the sacrifices. And this language has been used here in the New Testament where it talks about living sacrifice. It's almost like saying, you know, there was this whole practice of killing animals and sacrificing which God instituted. But in the New Testament covenant, there's a thing called living sacrifice, which means we give our bodies continuously to God. So I just want to talk about how... This works in four different ways. Fairly simple. But the first thing I want to just say about our bodies is that it's a vehicle, isn't it, for getting us places. Our body moves us. So I just want to encourage you, use your body to be there. Be with God's people. Be at church. Be at prayer. You know, the scripture says, do not give up meeting together. Do not neglect the meeting together. And like, our bodies are not the real us. Our bodies are just like a vehicle. It's like, it's like a car to get the real us around. But we use our bodies, so be there. You know, just sometimes you just have to drag yourself there, but do it. Use your body in that way. Really simple, but it's, it's a, an important um, thing that's written in Scripture. Do not give up meeting together. Secondly, just um, the idea of being active Our bodies are the way that we interact with our world. Um, So when we come on a Sunday and we raise our hands, we kneel down, we lay hands like we just did, praying for Garth and Gidge. Um, Sometimes we put our hands out in a kind of a form of receiving. These are all important parts of worship because our bodies are the way that we interact with the world and I don't think that our bodies are, are not a part of our worship. They are. And so don't be scared to clap, to put your hands up, to kneel down. We don't kneel down too often in this place, but maybe we should. It's good to kneel down because you're kind of just saying, Lord, I'm surrendering again. And we need to keep surrendering our, our bodies to God. Um, it says in Psalm 95, come let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And obviously, that is primarily a heart thing again. It's about posturing our heart before God. But the physical action of doing it can be really helpful for us. And just another verse in Colossians 3 again. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord, Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is a verse I really love because it's like, Sometimes I think we, we, we compartmentalize Christianity into certain types of activities and certain things that we do. But this scripture kind of just says, whatever you do, Monday through Saturday, your work, your sleep, your entertainment, your relationships, your family, your friends, whatever you do in word or in deed, this is all, you know, our bodies really, um, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God. It's worship. Everything can constitute worship when our hearts are right. Okay, number, just number three about our body, be holy. I'm not going to say loads about this. I'm going to read a, a passage, but um, we were encouraged a couple of weeks ago. Nick just sort of brought something in our worship about being holy. 
And, you know, if we really want to pursue God, if we really want to experience God, there is a sense in which we have to think about how we use our bodies. Um, so let's just read this passage again in Colossians 3. So it's the same passage that says, set your mind on God. Um, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So a long list of stuff there, but a lot of it sort of has to, it gets outworked with our body, doesn't it? The things we say, the way that we love, the way that we choose to lie or not lie to each other. Okay, and then just finally on our bodies, offering our bodies. I feel like God is, wants us to be more hungry. Uh, it was interesting, um, just with this picture, when I first got it, I just immediately just thought about the chains, as you normally do, like, what are the chains? It's, you know, my identity, struggling with my identity, maybe you know, habitual sins, or maybe it represents like you know, difficulties with relationships or whatever that I'm going through. Those are the things that chain me down. But I just felt to ask God a little while after that, like, what, what, what do these chains represent? And actually, he said to me two words. He just said comfort and entertainment. And I was just like, whoa, okay. Um... I do feel like God wants us to, wants to say stuff about this to us. Um, there's a, there's a, a quote from Tozer, which I've never forgotten. It says this, I can tell how much of God you have by how much entertainment you need. I just think there's a sense like that God designed life to be exciting, but when you don't have God, life becomes bland. It's like you need the entertainment to take away the blandness of life. And it's like, it's almost as if the more entertainment you have, the more bland your life feels. And so it's like a downward spiral into more and more entertainment. I just think the more of God we have, the less we, we need all of that stuff because God brings the real zest and excitement for life. I think it was Owen that said in a preach several years ago, actually, another quote just said, um, don't be so full of stuff that there's no room for God. And we do fill our lives, don't we? We fill it, we fill it with stuff. You know, I think it's, 
I think it's a shameful thing that in our generation, companies like Netflix, I don't know, I haven't got Netflix today, but <laughs> <laughs> not just Netflix, but they, you know, they, they promote their binging capabilities, how easy it is to binge using our service. And it's like, really? You know, people on, on their way to work are sitting, looking at their phones, watching another episode because, you know, they just need to get a bit extra. So the thing about hunger is that it motivates you, it moves you towards something. When we're hungry, we're motivated to get food, aren't we? You know, everything looks good. <laughs> Scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's something about creating hunger in ourselves so that we're motivated to go after God and to pursue him rather than everything else in life. You know, and that whole thing of engaging your mind becomes a lot easier when you're hungry. If you're already hungry for God when you come on a Sunday morning, engaging your mind is a lot easier because it's God that you want. You already got that desire inside of you. I was just, as I was sort of doing some prep around this, I was just thought a little bit about the church in China um, because obviously the underground, it's called the underground church because of the oppression against the church in China and all these churches just sprang up in China, but they weren't allowed to meet and to worship, and so they would find remote places where they were away from the eyes of anybody, like a, a random farm or barn or something. But there's like videos of these churches, and you can just watch them, and you just see this passion, this hunger in them. So they're worshiping God. There's no like amazing worship band or comfortable building, but they're just like crying out to God with such a hunger inside of them. And it's just like... You just look at your, your own life sometimes and you just think, where, where is my hunger for God? Do I really want God? Am I really pursuing him? So um, just the final key to freedom, and then we're kind of finishing. Operate in the spirit. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And I, although like God does renew our physical strength, I think this is more about spiritual thing. That soaring like an eagle is about our spirits. Um, our spirit man. When we're in that place where we've engaged our minds and we've offered our bodies and we've said, God, I am, then our spirits begin to commune with God's spirit. Scripture says God is spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So it's a spiritual thing between us and God. And when we're really living that out, God begins to speak into our lives in ways that no other thing could speak into our lives. He begins to, begins to do stuff in us um, that no one could kind of teach us or speak to us through, you know, some counseling or whatever. But we also begin to just hear, like, this is, this is how I made you. This is how I want you to live your life. Um, this is the things I want you to do today. These are the people I want you to speak to. There are things that we will never understand with just our minds. As this verse in Jeremiah 33 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. 
Just, uh, just, I just believe that there's things that God speaks to us in our spirits that no one could ever tell us. Um, I don't know if you've ever had like a download from God. You just like, just suddenly in a moment, God just puts something into your, your mind and you just like, it just kind of comes down like he's just put a zip file in there and open it up and like, he's like, whoa. I had one of those a couple of years back. Um, it was really weird because I was literally just on my way to work. It was a normal day. And um, as I was getting to work, God just started, just gave me a download. He just started speaking to me about something. And I was just like, whoa, where did that all come from? It was like completely out of context. And he began to talk to me about leadership, actually. And uh, he brought back just a really like vivid memory of experience that I'd had, a negative experience. And um, basically, I, I got to work, and I literally just wrote it all down, because it was just like this whole thing. And um, I just wrote down the experience that I'd had, where basically I'd been asked to lead something. I was kind of reluctant at first, but then just decided to do it. And then I went for it and did all this stuff. And it, people didn't really follow me. And I found myself out there. And I was carrying all this stuff. And then it kind of just sort of didn't go very well. And that probably happened a few times for me, actually. And by the time I had actually come to Beacon, um, I had decided in my mind that I wasn't a leader and that God had put leadership on other people. But for me, I was more of just maybe someone that does stuff behind the scenes or, or that I just didn't have the gift of leadership. And um, God was just saying to me at that time that this was your experience and this is all the stuff that happened, but right now I'm going to restore that part of you because actually I did design you to be a leader and I did make you a leader and I'm going to actually restore that identity in you, and I'm going to begin to fix that thing in you that feels broken, feels like an open wound. Um, I'm going to heal it, and I'm going to make you feel good about that. And, um, you know, I'm not going to stand up and say I'm an amazing leader or anything like that. <laughs> but it was more just a thing about, for me, God needs to show me that, actually, I want you to be a leader, um, this isn't about you being an amazing leader, but leadership is something that I put in you as part of your identity and that you need to live that out. And I really think that in our worship times, God really wants to restore the real people that he made us to be. He wants to tell us who we are. You know, the world is always telling us who we are, but it's telling us who we're not, actually. And when we come and we worship God and we engage our minds, we offer our bodies... We let our spirits commune with him. He fixes stuff. He reminds us who he made us to be. And he begins to change how we live out our lives. I think it's, it's powerful. And um, So I'm pretty much finished there. I, I think God wants to do that a little bit today. I'm going to ask the, the band to come up. I think we're going to... Spend a bit of time in worship. I just want to—I just want to give you a moment right now, just to maybe just think about whatever God might be saying to you this morning. Um,
Scripture says in John, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And it doesn't matter where we are in our Christian lives, we need more freedom. There are always things that God needs to, chains that God needs to take off our neck. There's always stuff that God needs to heal in us. So maybe let's just close our eyes and just, just begin to talk to God for a moment and say, God, what is it you want to speak to me about today? What is it you want to fix in me today? What is it you want to heal in me today? What is the freedom that you want to bring into my life today? It might be some practical stuff that God's saying, I want, this is what I want you to change. Or it might just be something that God's putting his hand on and saying, I'm going to start working on that. Just be open to it. We're just going to start to worship and let's uh, linger in his presence and see what he has to say. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.